Hey everyone, Alex here, bringing you another episode of Standing Under the Word. It's been a little while since we've been together over this medium. Maybe we extended our holiday a little long. I apologize if you've been waiting and waiting for the podcast to come back. Um, We are now officially back. We've had some technical pieces over the last few weeks, but we are back. I want to make you aware too, if you're not, that our sermons plus the whole worship service are always available on our YouTube page as well. If you just search for South Church in Andover, you can also uh, see um, the sermons and all of worship. So if you ever want to switch mediums, you're invited to go over there as well. And of course, both our podcasts and our videos are available on our app. If you visit um, the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and type in South Church Andover, you'll find our app. But you have not come to get a technical uh, introduction to our church, but rather to hear the sermon from this past week. I had the opportunity to preach, particularly after attending City Reach, a program I'll share more about in my sermon. And I waited until after that program to write the sermon, which made it a little last minute. But I knew there would be something there that would make me want to change my sermon if I wrote too much of it soon. So... Um, God did some good work in between 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock on a Saturday and Sunday morning. And I hope it'll touch you. And of course, if there's any feedback you have, um, feel free to pass it along. But we'll be dropping a podcast talk back in a couple days with Dana and I. So keep an eye out for that. But until then, uh, you'll hear the scripture of Jesus' baptism, and then you'll hear my sermon. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew Chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John to baptize him. John objected, I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with the spirit, a voice. This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. The word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, indeed, mark us by your love this morning and help us extend that love to others so they might see that mark in themselves. Might the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be a blessing unto you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you can't tell by looking at me, Dana, you were kind, you didn't point it out today, but I'm pretty tired today. (laughs) But in truth, I'm not the only one who's tired. Jen is tired too. And in fact, there are about a dozen high schoolers who are also tired, some of whom are here. And there are 90 other high schoolers, adults, who are also probably a little tired this morning. Maybe not all of them had to preach, but nonetheless, (laughs) we're all a little bit tired. 
It's because we spent Friday and Saturday in a program called City Reach in Boston. Many of you are, might be familiar with this program. If you're not, it's a ministry of Common Cathedral, which is a ministry born in and with the unhoused, the homeless population in Boston. City Reach in particular is a program seeking to bridge the relationship divide between the unhoused and youth. We go in on Friday night, and we are greeted not only by the clergy of Common Cathedral, but by about 15 of the City Reach staff. The staff are people who are currently living on the streets of Boston or have formerly lived on the streets of Boston. They spend that night sharing their testimony, their story, and vulnerability. And then we accompany them in a walk through Boston in which they show us the city through their eyes, the places they sleep, the dangers they face. And then we sleep on the floor of the Cathedral of St. Paul, the Episcopal Church at Park Street Station. And we awake the next day and with the help of the City Reach staff, with many of the donations that you and others have provided, we offer clothes and food, toiletries to two, three, four hundred other unhoused people in Boston before returning home that afternoon. But what amazes me, even though I've been half a dozen or more times now, something always happens that I forget happens each time. And it usually happens Saturday morning, sometime during the clothing drive. It might be helping someone find the right color or size shirt it might be running downstairs to have lunch, a quick interaction with someone coming and going. I realize for either the slightest moment, a longer moment, maybe longer than I've imagined, I've forgotten who's homeless and who's not. I've forgotten who's housed and who's unhoused. I've forgotten who came to serve and who came to be served. There's this moment in which I realized that despite the fact that we're dressed differently, not all but many, despite the fact that we are groomed differently, not all of us but many, despite the fact that we walk and stand differently because the burden of homelessness and poverty changes your physical body, not all, but some. Despite all these reasons, I should see a difference. For a moment, it disappears. And there's a connection that happens that goes deeper. A kinship created of two people sharing not one way, but both ways. A mutuality created with one another. And I might be crazy, but I think Jesus is doing the same thing in our scripture reading today. The focus is always on the end of it, and for good reason. The baptism of Jesus is important. It marks for us that which we say in our own baptisms, the baptisms of our children. It sets up who Jesus is in the context of what he will do. That voice from heaven what it proclaims over him. But for me, the really powerful part, 
The part that really sets up who he's going to be and what he's going to do actually happens in the beginning of that exchange. And that's why I used the message translation today because John puts it in terms in this modern translation that resonate with us. I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you, he says when Jesus stuns him. The first two chapters of Matthew are the birth narratives, the Christmas story, culminating in Jesus' family fleeing Herod and his violence into Egypt. And we arrive at the third chapter of Matthew's gospel, and boom, we meet John the Baptist. And this exchange is the first time in Matthew's gospel we meet the adult Jesus. And the very first thing he does is he turns the relationship that even John the Baptist expects to have with him on its head. He turns the serving relationship on his head. And Jesus, right away, says, my ministry will not just be one of service, but will be one of kinship that overturns every expectation you have of how I will be in relationship with those whom I serve and I think says to each and every one of us, if you are to follow me, you will all need to turn over your relationships of how you think you will be in relationship with the people whom you are serving. Now, this is um, the third time I'm about to share with you a story about Father Greg Boyle. But it's been three years, so I feel like I can, I can do it again, right? You might remember him. He is formerly the parish priest of the Dolores Mission Church in Boyle Heights, of a neighborhood of L.A. The name is just a coincidence. What you need to know about Boyle Heights, if you've never heard of it, is that at one time, and it may still be the case today, it, well, it had more gang members per capita than any other neighborhood in America. So you can imagine how the Irish Catholic priest, Greg Boyle, thought of his ministry being dropped into this parish with more gang members than he's probably ever known. A majority community with a different culture, a different outlook than he's ever known. But over the years, working with those who grew up in that neighborhood, he helped found Homeboy Industries. And while I'll admit the name sounds a bit corny, don't be deceived, the work they do together is incredibly deep. He has used his connections to help offer hope to these young men where there once was no hope, to make connections for them to get jobs so they could find self-worth again in themselves way out when there was no way out that they could see. And he's written books about it. He's given TED Talks about it. You should go watch, listen, and read. But what you'll hear is that the emphasis when he talks about it is not on the, the moments of service that he and others provided to our siblings who grew up in that community. They are important, but they are not the emphasis. The emphasis is on the kinship created between him and those who grew up in that community. 
He says specifically, the measure of our compassion is not the service we provide, but our willingness to see ourselves in those whom we serve. Kinship, mutuality. The measure of our compassion is not the service we do, but our willingness, not our capacity, our willingness to see ourselves in people whom the world tells us you cannot see yourself in. You see, it wasn't as if Jesus wasn't service-focused. We know that Jesus healed the sick. He proclaimed good news for the poor. He fed the hungry. But what Jesus reminds us, what Father Boyle reminds us, is that our service is merely a gateway into kinship. If service is where we begin, great, but if it is where we end, we have missed something so much deeper. No amount of meals, no amount of money will change the trajectory of history. The, for the kingdom of God to be here, as Jesus proclaims, it must first be here. Our capacity, our willingness to go beyond acts of service into recognizing that my destiny is tied to your destiny. My future is tied to your future. And not just the people who sit here, who watch at home, but the people we drive by on the way to work holding a sign and a cup for money. The people whom we meet at Bread and Roses. All the people whom we struggle to find ourselves in, Jesus calls on us to turn that relationship upside down and seek and seek and seek until we can see ourselves in one another so much so there is no future of this world that is untangled from each other. There is only our relationship with each other. Somebody better say amen. Amen. I was worried there. <laughs> Y'all, this week, as you go from here, and we go back to our lives, you go to work, you go to school, wherever you are led, serve. Sign up for opportunities here at the church. Sign up for opportunities outside of the church, something your work is doing, something we might help facilitate. But let our service only be the gateway for something deeper, even if it's just a moment. Look someone in the eyes, call them by their name, ask them about their life, and maybe for a moment, we won't forget about the circumstances they're in, but we might transcend it just a moment that we'll recognize our shared destiny, that if the kingdom of God is going to be made real here, it's going to begin with each other. Won't the church say amen? amen.